Spags, it's Friday, and you told me you want to get political today. Well, it's election day coming up, and Peter already had a screenshot of himself dressed like Uncle Sam. So I thought, why not pair the two, the two together? So today, we're going to do some fantasy football attack ads. Who will we come after in this one? You're going to find out in a little bit. It's also time for NFL Week 9 Ride or Die Picks. Pete and I have been crushing it on the year. Who won last week? We'll tell you that as well. And, of course, Underdog Battle Royale season is upon us. What will we draft on there? We're going to do that right as well after this intro. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying with right as well, right? That bothered me a lot. That that's not a phrase people say. You want to you want to redo the cold open? No, no. I think we got we got to make advantage of the time that we have here. We got to take advantage. We got Frankie who's doing the elliptical, so he's hoping that that run will last the entire show. Hoping you have a hard out. So now we're tied to people's actual fitness. No, yeah, Splash Play Cardio Club. Uh, Frankie, I'm actually going to call out sick to SiriusXM here, and I say I say we do a three-hour marathon stream, and you're stuck on the elliptical all day. Frankie just sweating toasted ravioli out <laughs> on the <laughs> elliptical because of Pete canceling the show. But we appreciate all of you guys hanging out. Shout out to the chat. Shout out to our accountant, Willis, Iceman LB. Shout out to everybody here. Communities in the house with Beachhead. Ivan, we appreciate all of you hanging out here, guys. But we'd appreciate you even more if you subscribe to the channel, if you hit the like button down below. If you leave a comment after the fact, you will get a reply from either me or Pete. Who knows from the Splash Play handle coming over the weekend, but somebody will reply to your comment. So please hit the like button, leave a comment down below and subscribe we did get past 1300 subs on here so any minute now we're going to be right up there with the luminaries of youtube if you just hit that subscribe button so please do that right now but pete how are you doing i feel like we haven't had i haven't had as much time to hear about your life i feel like you're now really in the home stretch of your baby situation you're doing shows you're not binking gpps what do you have going on right now that you want to talk about I, I I thought about pulling a spags on Twitter last night during showdown because I had one moment. I actually did post it in one of the deposit kingdom uh, channels. Uh, but at one point I had only $170 in showdown last night and my, my, my winnings were 40,000. I was top Ooh. five in both of the, uh, or in the big $3 20 max there. And uh, I actually thought I was going to have a fun sweat because I had 25% of Quentin Tarantino uh, the four string tight end for the Texans that we started calling the director in the discord might be the best name I've ever heard. Uh, but yeah. And then Dallas Goddard went and ruined everything. Once he became the optimal captain and it wasn't a Texan, uh, then I was toast, but had, had a fun little sweat, uh, last night, anytime, as you know, where you kind of go against the projected game script that everyone thinks is going to happen. And if you build a bunch around that, it ends up being a relatively fun evening. So obviously, Pete, you know, I, I know you've been probably dying for this moment all week to ask me some questions. You know, you do shows with Brick. Sure, he's had some success DFS-wise. Sure, you do shows with JM Twin. Another DFS pro brings a lot of great information, including to Pete's channel in just a few hours. But what do you want to ask me, a guy who, you know, three days ago since my last bank, and Pete, I'm hungry for more, but I'm also equally hungry to give you some sage wisdom if you want it. Uh, Spags is so proud of this little sign that literally no one can read. Can anyone read that? I, I could not read it. Spags, pull it up to the screen so at least people can see it. If you're going to do this oh, thing, like... Oh, it's like tightly wired back here. I it's tightly everything. wired. 
I feel well, like so I'm it, at the eye doctors taking an eye <laughs> test right now. So it's a tidbit. So I mean, the name is small. Like it's on like an IG. I've been targeted a bunch on Instagram with this one. And basically it's like a little LED screen that you can put different things up. You can put your own images. I'm sure I'll put just a splash play logo up. But of course I set it up for today thinking, oh, I'll troll Pete. I'll have a sign that says three days since Spag's last bink. And nope, you can't even see it at all. Well, see, this is the thing that's going to happen with that is this bit's going to backfire when you have to find like four uh, characters of numbers to continue to add to that on there. <laughs> I mean, eventually, like once we hit uh, quadruple digits on your last bank, I think you're just going to you're going to toss that thing in the trash. Well, I wouldn't be worried about that, Pete, because we're going to get there within weeks. I was pretty close last night. I actually did the showdown shows. Of course, if you aren't watching those on Monday and Thursday, I think I'm giving out pretty good advice and had some nice feedback from people as well who feel like it's been helpful. But like I had Dallas Goddard as the captain on that show and didn't didn't play enough of it in a 3-3 build but I think showdowns like I this might be a hot take besides best ball I suppose and best ball takes so much time I think showdown is the most beatable thing in NFL DFS or NFL fantasy overall the, the guy who just won a GPP now thinks it's the most beatable. Yes, I mean, well, because, you know, the thing, Pete, you know, when you're a guy like me who just, it wins so easily. You know, you make some lineups. You go, hey, people are doing a 5-1 for the Bengals. You do a 5-1 for the Browns. No big deal. Just flip the script on them. But honestly, though, it is that simple. And I realized when I was going through Fantasy Cruncher Rewind, literally, like, digging through all the top players' lineups from the last month, basically the entire NFL season, they're all doing the exact same thing I do now, Pete, which is just play the opposite of what the projections are giving you. Yeah, and that Ricky D on the Chicago Bears New England night when he yep. cleaned up massively, I think he had what, like 80% Bears D when they were like 15%. He had 150 yep. lineups with a 5 1 Bears build because it was a 5 1 Patriots build coming up with every projection system out there. Yeah, and that's why I mean, you know, shout out to, to run the Sims as well because you can go and just dictate what game flow you want and then have it spit out the sims for that specific thing and that's how like i had you know i was like what if the texans win i think i put it in at like 25 to 10 like they they beat that and then of course you get a ton of 5-1 texans 4-2 texans and knowing the majority of the field does not have those builds i definitely think you're gonna have a lot of painful weeks because a lot of the times the games go as you expect um, but when it is an anomaly or an outlier kind of game flow, you can really capitalize. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, again, I'll do the whole process on Mondays and Thursdays on here at 2 PM. If you want to go check that out and please do, because obviously, you know, this show with me and Pete, I know is the one that brings people to the channel, but trying to do more to keep the channel alive during the other days of the week. And that's something where I think I actually can add some value, but it's also still like, you gotta be able to project these things. Like I wasn't getting five, one Texans builds. Obviously that didn't win yesterday ended up being a pretty standard three, three that was coming up a lot, but I think showdowns like, you know, there's a little bit of an advantage you can find. Certainly the same thing for NFL DFS. Pete's boring. You talk Ooh. over my pores. It's fine. Keep going. No, I refuse because I know the people, somebody out there, their OCD probably hates me even more if I talk over your pore because you just spend a lot of time lovingly crafting your pores. No, I, I love the idea that you feel like you have to defer to my pore when you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gravitas you have compared to me where I'm just spitting out a thousand words per minute. It's like Pete's quietly pouring his coffee. Let's all shut up and listen. Yes, every, everyone be quiet. Be quiet. Uh, here we go. So we got some fun comments here. Uh, Mike saying that you're like, I'm like the younger brother who has a successful event happen. And Pete's the older brother who's like, yeah, good job, bro. Let's talk in week 17. Do you feel like you're ready for week 17? I know, Pete, obviously you can't talk about best ball legally. The police will come for you. But do you feel like you got some stuff coming that's been pieced together in your mind? It's going to help you make a leap here in the next nine weeks? Um, 
Yeah, I, I actually, I did break. I looked at my best team on underdog I, because I famously don't sweat, but everyone was doing like, what's your highest score or whatever. So I did go and look and see what my best team was. And uh, it's a fucking sick team. So I do have, uh, I do have a few little, little sweats here uh, starting to percolate. I also had a decent amount of DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, not getting any points from him uh, early on. So I'm excited to see him kind of pull up some of my teams. So yeah. Playing the long game uh, with the best ball stuff and definitely excited to see what teams you can sneak in. I had this thought the other day and like, I get it. And I, I'm just guilty of it right now myself as well. Like we all want to victory lap like our best teams, but what you should actually be excited about are your teams that are on the fringe that can sneak in because mm. those are the teams that aren't going to share the collective league winners that everyone else has. There's going to be, you know, last year it was the Jonathan Taylor, the Mark Andrews, like every single team or most of them that advanced had those guys. But it's if you can sneak in the team that doesn't have a lot of those league winners, that's when you really have a recipe to kind of thrust yourself to the top. So those are the ones I'd actually sweat. Go look at your third place teams. Those are the yeah. ones you want to sneak in there. The third place, I count those as part, not as part of like my advance rate. Like I do track those separate, not track them, but I just kind of go through and count every week and see where it is after the updates. And like third place seems the ones I'm the most excited about because like it does feel like those are the ones that are built to come on a little bit later. Obviously, we've drafted zero RB teams a lot on this stream. Pete, same thing and all the content he's done. And those are the teams that do bubble up late where you get the advantages of injuries, of trades. This one has been so unpredictable where, you know, normally we would have advocated against drafting like Christian McCaffrey and Deonza Foreman. And that could be a pair that actually wins a week 17 tournament for you know obviously the the final round of a best ball league so we'll see how it goes here but uh people are saying here nick saying all pete's friends are shipping and he's having a baby the true bank so either way you're covered pete uh yes i th this baby can't come soon enough so i can stop doing gpp content have you have you picked a name yet has that been publicly announced uh we have picked a name but it has not been publicly announced much much to my mom's chagrin Oh, you're, you're dropping the hammer in a social media post, right? That's how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've been, you know, I've been staring at your baby announcement post, just thinking, how can we outdo this? What are some punch ups on the copy, the composition of the photo? Because it would just be the toughest of scenes if I didn't get as many likes and replies as you, Spags. Oh man, you're going to beat me and it's going to be so upsetting for Luca, a baby influencer on Instagram. Now he's going to be crestfallen, I'm sure. But there was a trade deadline this week, Peak. We got a lot of bits to hit on. We got all the news to hit on. But a lot of players traded this year. Feels like more than usual. The NFL, even in the offseason, we saw a lot of guys moving around. But we can just breeze through this quickly, Pete. Anybody jump out to you is particularly interesting because I have one guy that I've seen get crapped on a lot across the industry who's on this list on the board here that I think is pretty, you know, pretty interesting in terms of what he's going to be doing moving forward. But which trade did you like the most? Yeah, I thought like a lot of these moves were relatively neutral for fantasy, you know, like slight bump up, slight bump down, but nothing, you know, massive. I'd say the two moves and one of them is more the space cleared out. I do think Jeff Wilson Jr. is by far the most interesting fantasy bump because he went from basically not being relevant. I mean, you were going to have Eli Mitchell come back. He was going to be the third running back on that roster to immediately probably having a role and then just having massive contingent upside as the lead back in this offense if Mostert goes down. And then the other one that's really interesting to me, and I know he was already running a lot of the snaps, but George Pickens, like this could be a true blast off spot. He was losing a decent amount of targets to Chase Claypool. They were using Chase Claypool a lot in the red zone. And now we have the schedule lightning up for the Steelers. No Chase Claypool. George Pickens is going to be on the field in all two wide receiver sets. I think he could have a massive finish to the season. 
So I think Claypool actually is a pretty big beneficiary with Justin Fields looking good and also just the way that the Bears play, which is a lot of rollouts, a lot of getting Justin Fields in the space and trying to hit guys who are on a crossing route, basically, or getting downfield. Both those things are the only things Chase Claypool does well, which I think is why the Steelers weren't that into him. He's not as good of a route runner as Deontay Johnson, certainly not as good of a route runner as George Pickens as well. But Claypool, to me, in this Bears offense, like I think people go like, oh, this is a desperation move, and I get it. They could have waited to the draft and probably gotten a similar player. But you get Claypool now, and I feel like you could see what Fields has. You could see if Claypool's worth investing in in the future. I think fantasy-wise, people are going to sleep on him. I think he's in play this week. Like I think he's not going to run enough routes to really have the major upside or the confidence you would have in the floor either. But I think to me, he's a guy that really could be meaningfully involved. And the one that I'm rooting for the most, Pete, Naheem Hines, like I think we did not get the bailout of him where he was going to play some pretty good snaps behind Jonathan Taylor with Taylor being hurt, which we're going to talk more about that in a second. But Naheem Hines for the Bills, he could have a three touchdown game down the home stretch. And I wouldn't blink it at one bit because the Bills, we know are going to throw it to anybody who's open and they're going to get this guy open and he's going to probably be what we thought James Cook was going to be. Yeah, I, I, I think Hines definitely, you know, to me, again, the I think what you get excited about is the contingent value because I don't think James Cook is going away. The team has already said they like what they've seen from him. Obviously, their actions speak louder than words. They've clearly been on the hunt for another pass-catching back all offseason. Um, but if something were to happen to Devin Singletary, I do think Naheem Hines could just be an absolute smash in that scenario. But I do wonder if it's a little muddled with both Hines and, and James Cook kind of behind Singletary right now to where he's not going to, you know, feel like a great locked and loaded weekly starter for you. Yeah, no, I agree with that take. I think it's more about the upside, but that's somebody again who invested so deeply in Naheem Hines was bummed to not see him have any sort of upside within the first uh, few weeks of the season, the first halfway point of the season. It feels like at least he's in a good spot with a good offense. It's going to put up some points. Michael Thomas needs toe surgery. I am so, by the way, I'm trying to, I talked with Pete about this before the show, trying to pull up more things on the stream to give us a visual element that I noticed. Fact, some other you, don't need to, you don't need to explain it. You can just do it. Well, no, show don't I wanna, tell. The autoplay videos, like, I don't need to see Dan Orlovsky taking up the entire screen, and it's all of these. It's just Orlovsky, like, you know, and I'm a guy with ears, but his, his ears just annoy me. This whole thing, like, I hate autoplay videos on sites, and it drives me insane. I Yes, I'm, I'm with you on I hate autoplay. I appreciate that take from 2009. <laughs> I also hate Pete Saints wide receiver, Michael Thomas, who, as you can see on the screen, he needs toe surgery put on IR an absolute bust of a pick a one that I think people who were drafting the older dusty players, the guys whose names they knew. It feels like this is the kind of thing that we advocate against, or you've certainly advocated against with your youth profiles and best ball, but Michael Thomas, Pete, what a dud of a season, what a good situation for Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara, but overall, like is Michael Thomas just kind of done? Yeah, I think he's done. Everyone got head faked uh, with that first game of the season where he looked he looked fine. I had a lot of you got to go back and delete some of those. Michael Thomas is back stuff. I mean, Field Yates had a wild kind of uh, tweet just looking at his career. 2019 sets NFL record for 149 catches for 1725 yards, nine TDs. Like that was the year I remember. If you were using, I think at the time I was using uh, Derek Cardi's Blitz Optimal a lot and looking at his stuff, and he would just have these massive, massive projections on Michael Thomas. And every week he would just smash. Then 2020, he only plays seven games, 40 catches, 438 yards. 2021 misses the entire year, and then this year only three games, 16 catches, 171 yards three tds um again brutal injury luck on his part and just goes to show how quickly things change in the nfl even for receivers where their longevity is supposed to hold up better than other positions it's it's nuts 
Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think this was a nice situation for him. Certainly, you know, maybe less so with Andy Dalton in there. But honestly, with Dalton at QB, like we see him want to check down to Alvin Kamara. I think all of his passes, for the most part, from Andy Dalton are going to be under five yards. So that's what slant boy Michael Thomas would have benefited from. But apparently not in this situation. This one bums me out more, Pete. Rashad Bateman undergoing season-ending foot surgery. It felt like he was on the cusp of a breakout to start the season. He was looking pretty good, getting some deep passes. Not as involved as you would like in terms of overall volume, but it felt like the potential was there for him to kind of ramp up as the season goes on. And this is now two wasted seasons for this guy, Pete. And it feels like, you know, you mentioned the Fantasy Life newsletter. Deshaun Jackson is going to be back out there. We've seen Demarcus Robinson look pretty good in this Ravens offense. But I really worry more so about Bateman because I'm going to fall in this trap again next year. And I just have no faith in him moving forward. Yeah, Bateman's Bateman's so tough. It just like it seems like the deck has been stacked against him since coming in the league outside of being a first round pick. Like you have everything kind of go right that you want. Where it was like last year, the whole debate was whether the Ravens were going to pass enough to even support multiple pass catchers. Then they end up being extremely pass happy. And then he gets injured. Then you head into this season, they clear out Marquise Brown, and you're like, how is this not blast off for Rashad Bateman as the one B behind Andrews? then that doesn't pan out. They're using Duvernay a good bit. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's really tough. And now you wonder, you know, where does his career go from here? I mean, I don't think you have to be, you know, down on him necessarily, but it, man, it's just been tough break after tough break. Yeah, and you can see here, I, I highlighted the part, called the injury the darkest times of them all, while adding he can't question God's plan and what he has for me. So I guess the right attitude also fits that famous seat, uh, Denny Carter tweet that he posted about wide receivers and their kind of posts. Uh, certainly the enemy is speaking softly and carrying a knife, Pete. That, uh, man, God, that tweet holds up so well. It was the He's Brandon so Cooks one. Like that was I so know like you're great at Twitter too, but like Denny just writes these things which have like evergreen status and fantasy football is impossible to have things that are evergreen. He wrote that tweet in 2017, uh, and it still holds up uh, five years later. Uh, yes, Deddy is awesome on Twitter. Other injury news, we got Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift held out of practice. Derek Henry also out of practice. I saw in the Fantasy Life newsletter, though it seems like he'll be fine with his foot issues, at least for now. Uh, Keenan Allen suffering a setback. This is something that uh, somebody in the YouTube chat mentioned on yesterday's stream, and I was penciling Keenan Allen for a really nice spot this week against Atlanta. Now maybe that goes to Josh Palmer, goes to Gerald Everett. I don't even know who else it goes to. Probably Austin Eckler, really. But any injuries here, Pete, that you are the most concerned about? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you have to be concerned about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I It does not seem to make sense to rush him back this week. Um, so yeah, that one I would be very concerned about. I'm concerned about DeAndre Swift, for sure, especially after Dan Campbell's comments of how, like you had the progression where he was not on the injury report last week, and then the team comes out and says, we gave him too much work. He's not fully healthy. And it's like, oh, what the hell? Why, why was he not at least limited in those practices? So, yeah, I, I think you're definitely concerned about DeAndre Swift here and then, you know, Keenan Allen. Once you suffer this, the setback coming out of the bye, those hamstring injuries continue to linger. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a weird spot for the Chargers because it's such a beatable matchup versus the Falcons. But you're going to be looking at Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Donald Parham some player named Michael Bandy. Like it is a, it's not a great situation for them. Michael Bandy very much looks like a Patriots, like slot receiver guy, like small white dude who like, maybe he gets there. Like maybe he gets there DFS wise, just because it is a great match. As Pete mentioned against Atlanta, but definitely seems like a tough spot to really trust the chargers this week. But Pete, it's political season. And we, you know, we, 
we try to avoid getting political on this show. Obviously, Pete and I have our beliefs. We sometimes let them slip out over the course of doing many hours of content. But Pete, I don't know if it's as bad for you in Massachusetts area, in the New England area, for your political attack ads as it is for us in Pennsylvania. We're holy shit, dude, this is a battleground state. It's been a lot. But every sports game, there's at least five political attack ads. And they're like playing in the muck in a way that does not really fit with my usual football watching vibes. Yeah, uh, you know, things really get political around here, Spags. I actually call it Taxachusetts instead of Massachusetts. Um, I, I honestly haven't seen a lot of uh, political attack ads. I, uh, I'm i not just streaming a lot of network television these days. So you'll, you'll have to fill me in on the nastiness that's going on out there. So the big debate here, or the big battle in Pennsylvania is uh, Dr. Oz. Of course, the famous Mehmet Oz has been on a lot of syndicated TV over the years. He's running for Senate as like a, a pro-Trump dude who's also anti-abortion, anti all the stuff, going against the guy, John Fetterman, whose whole thing is like, I'm the cool politician who wants to get guys out of jail. And like, but then like all the ads are like, John Fetterman has blue haired liberals voting for him. John Fetterman had a stroke. John, like, and these are all things that actually, if you're in Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, John Fetterman was paid for by his parents since he was till he was 49 years old. And Fetterman himself is this guy who wears like hoodies and basketball shorts around. Like he's like not the average politician. It's awful, Pete. And I say this again, me not really being political. I don't care about either side. I, you know, I don't, I want abortions. Like, I don't, <laughs> go abortions. But I'm going to, I'm going to run an attack ad on your uh, showdown success. Chris Spags had 10 dupes and is trying to spin it as a winning optimal lineup. <laughs> wow. Pete Overzit hasn't won a tournament in three years, but he posts <laughs> thumbnails that say pink. <laughs> it's been four days since Chris Spags' last pink, but you'd need a pair of binoculars to know it. Well, Pete, I was going to give you the floor here to give our first political attack ad to sum it up, but I just want you to, here we go, Chip knows, Fetterman bought his house for $1, just a great FAAB bid, so that's a good deal if you're getting a house for $1. Either way, Pete, I want you to set the tone here with your political attack ad, because I could go really deep here, and I could throw some, some slings and arrows at a lot of people across the industry, but I'll let you set the table with something a little more appropriate. Well, yeah, no, I want to, I want to see where you're going with this first and then, uh, I'll, I'll follow your lead. So let me, let me get here. You go after, uh, someone, a, a bee in your bonnet. Cause we did do a version of this when we went after, we wrote the letter to Arthur Smith. We did eventually get Graham out of the cage. So I think we can have some success with this here again. So actually I did have Arthur Smith on my list, but now that you mentioned that, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> so no, 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 you can, you can. I mean, he's still, uh, massively frustrating. All right, so should I should I go for the I'll go for the big screen for this one. Uh, hold on. Okay, so Arthur Smith claims to love tight ends. He used to be a tight ends coach. In fact, he built his career off of tight ends. Yet here we are. Kyle Pitts, a handsome young man, can't find the eyes of one Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, can you trust him in the ballots this November? Let's find out. This I kind of ran out of steam, Pete. I feel very vulnerable going first. I want you to go now. Well, you actually wrote yours. I didn't even, you, you no, told me this. No, I didn't. That was like, improv? Okay, that was improv? Yeah. All right. That's, you can tell by me completely fucking shit in the bed at the end. All right. I'll, <laughs> let me try to improv. Okay, send me full screen specs. Okay. Oh, I don't know how to do this. Wait, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, now I'm gone. All right. Zach Wilson says he wants to be the QB of this nation, but does he really? Because all I see is him taking long walks with MILFs around the country and not thinking about our youth, about Elijah Moore, about Garrett Wilson. This man has one thing on his mind, and it's not his receivers. It's MILFs. Vote for Joe Flacco in 2022. Restore the great state of New York football.
I didn't know you were going to be a pro Joe Flacco ad. That's, that's I mean, I mean, I guess like what if an attack ad on Zach Wilson, we got to have some kind of solution, right? I mean, that's been politics. You can't just slam it. You need to have an alternative for the people. So Pete, here's what I'm going to start a beef here. And I, I admit, like I did lean in in the beef, the, the quote unquote beef. It's really not a beef other than one, I guess, angsty DM that got sent our way. Uh, but I will say that, uh, I guess I have to go full. Oh God, I hate going full screen. I feel so vulnerable going full screen. An angsty DM sent our way. The fantasy flock wants you to think that running backs are the solution. The fantasy flock wants you to draft Derrick Henry. They want you to draft Josh Jacobs. What they don't want you to do is win after week nine. Sure, they'll tout their success for the first week, eight weeks of the season, but do they have enough wide receivers to get going? Michael Thomas isn't going to be out there, fantasy flock. Where's your 20K win, fantasy flock? You can't find it. Remember that when you go vote on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, I got another one. Um... <laughs> This message brought to you by Raheem Mostert. Have you actually looked at the voting track record of Jeff Wilson Jr.? This man has flip-flopped back and forth. He went from not being relevant to being thrust into fantasy relevance to not being relevant. And now he lands on the Miami Dolphins where he wants to convince you he's fantasy relevant again. Vote for someone who has a pristine track record like myself, Raheem Mostert. I understand this offense and it is my time to lead. Don't vote for Jeff Wilson in 2022. This message is paid for by Jeff Wilson. I think we've covered enough feet and we, we tried the bit. It felt good. I just love political attack. It's like, I feel like I could live my life talking like Pete Overs loves doing podcasts, but does he show up to them on time? Every sentence could be like that. And it would bring me such joy. Chris Spags thinks he builds an incredible YouTube set, but can you even fucking read what's behind him? Pete Overset thinks he's really cool, but his vision is apparently terrible. He hides <laughs> Pete Overset's been suffering from 2100 vision since 2020. Chris Spags thinks he's a content creator, but can he keep water out of his basement? Because the track record says no. You're right. You know, I can't argue. Pete wins. <laughs> he wins the election here. Uh, guys, hit the like button if you can. You're not going to find this kind of content anywhere else for better or worse, but you will find this kind of content in a lot of places. It's underdog time, Pete. It's battle royale time. Battle royales are on the menu here. Of course, the badge bros, I'll give them the plug every time we do underdog content. I feel like this has become the default for across the industry because everybody likes these guys. And I saw Nez in the chat earlier, so shout out to him. But like every time people talk about underdog now, like Herzig was on ETR and he's like, yeah, the badge bros guys are doing a great job. Uh, and that's just now how people talk about underdogs. So kudos to them and go watch them. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, Badge Bros now going to be doing a weekly hang in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Uh, scheduled that one for 4 p.m. today. So if you guys want to have a few drinks on Friday, uh, come chill with them, draft some Battle Royales, talk some shop. Uh, you can do that in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Yes, please go check out the Deposit Kingdom Discord. The link should be in the description below. And of course, Pete's in there. Do you really dealing with customer service, dealing with making sure people have access to channels? You're doing a little bit of everything on the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Frankie loves the political bit, but can we please get to <laughs> ride or dies? I'm dying over here. So we're making Frankie suffer his way through the show. Frankie, you are so lucky that I have a legitimate heart out on Fridays. Otherwise, Spags, I would literally propose that we go for three hours and make sure that Frankie burns all the calories. How about a Sirius XM crossover show? Splash play on Sirius XM. What's the big deal? Who would, who would object to that? Nobody.
Uh, spags. I mean, we can't even. The amount, you know how they have like the delay with the, you know, the sensor. It's like a five second uh, delay. You would need like a Spags one minute delay to just clean up everything you would say on those airwaves. Oh, I, ha I did have one thing in my notes for political attack ads about you, where two it's going to be a positive one. Peter Roversett's a man of the people. He loves answering your either or trade questions. Start or sit. Please hit him up at SiriusXM because that's the kind of guy Peter Roversett is. <laughs> exactly. All right. um, what I, I, I can't see anything again because this is hey, Spags. Drop us down to the bottom. Use that oh, wait. view. Wait, hold on. I gotta. Make wait, wait, we gotta make, make a pick, pick here. Uh, hold on. Drop us down. Oh, you want to go this way? All right. See Spags. Now we have more screen real estate. Diggs is what I'm going with here. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, Diggs is going to be very chalky DFS wise. Going to be your cash game play along with Josh Allen, but. Um, an underdog feels like him going at a 5.6 ADP feels a little light, even if perhaps Gabe Davis might be a better play this week in terms of turn. Now let's show the board, Spags. Do I need to treat you, teach you how to be a best ball streamer here? Now Zoom, go up to the Zoom. We need a little bit bigger. There we go. All right, now the people at home can enjoy this. Frankie's well, on an elliptical on his phone right now, Spags. We need to make it so he can see. Travis Etienne, do we want the Etienne chalk here? Uh, I love Aaron Jones this week. I think I might Ooh. even like Aaron Jones slightly more than ETN. I think ETN, I think so like ownership wise, people are going to play Josh Jacobs and ETN. And I think that's the trap of the week or one of the traps of the week. So I'm with you on taking Aaron Jones, just avoiding that block entirely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there we go. Frankie noticing. No, I don't have porn on my tab. So actually this does have the same Chrome history as my, my regular personal MacBook. So if ever I type in like an, an S or a P, you might find some sites that are not desirable. All right, go back to the draft board, Spags. Yes, okay, hold on. Sorry, it's because it's a different time? size window. Like, you can see we got the tabs up top. It's a whole different ball game now. This guy, before the show, he's like, I want to do more with, like, tabs and, like, visual stuff. And then he can't even toggle back and forth between the draft applet and the board. I'm making mistakes. Shout out Lunchable Connoisseur with the 499 Super Chat. I'll vote for the MILFs. That's all I heard. Also, don't think you could say vote as a Super Chat. Interesting. That's That's kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, YouTube, one of their many agendas. Do not get political when you're giving money to streamers. All right, we got another pick coming up here. We got Tua, who does not correlate with anything we have. Amon Ra, Mike Evans, Kenneth Walker. Any of these guys jump out to you? Um, I'm just like... Herbert double... backdoor stack. Who? Herbert. Justin Herbert? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I would take a quarterback. I would go Walker or Amon Ra. Hmm... Actually, Mixon, Mixon has the highest ceiling of any of those players available. Just saying. I hate Mixon, man. Like, I really, I like, it. I thought he was a good play I on Monday. It. I got there without him, thankfully. But, like, he just doesn't get through in any situation that looks fantastic on paper. And maybe that means this is the week that he goes apeshit. I'm just looking at numbers. If you just want to IKB it with your beautiful <laughs> fantasy brain, who am I to? All right, we're on the clock again. Oh, we, we got Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Kyle Pitts has the highest ceiling of any tight end on this main slate, which is, it's true, and it's good to be here. I mean, this tight end slate, it's Pitts, Everett, Ertz, Tunyon, and Higby at the top. I mean, my God. Let's take Pitts. I do like the the Chargers guys. Like, I think they're going undervalued, and there's so much volume to go around, and at the end of the day, you're making a bet on Justin Herbert and his ability to, to pass the ball to these guys. So I think Everett and Palmer, to me, for an underdog battle royale, like, I don't hate the double stack because you're getting them for way cheaper than they probably should go. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I don't mind it either. Um, yeah. I just didn't think you needed to take him there. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Because so we also, so far, we got Diggs, Aaron Jones, Amon Ra, Kyle Pitts. We got some correlation. I'm mad at that. Green Bay, De Detroit could definitely be a shootout. 
Do you think there's any chance that Austin Eckler doesn't play this weekend? Is he on an injury report? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know how he couldn't like, he's got 30% of the team's total yards on the year. Like this is the spot to me where if he is chalk, like I would play him. And if he's got a Q tag on him and he goes like for 10% owned on DraftKings, I would play him even more. Yeah. I just think it's, uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, you would just have to worry about this offense, you know, if he's, if he's, we got a one, two, one, no QB yet. What do you want to do here? Um, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, we now have, yeah, you could do something with Burrow. Um, and then if we could get more or you can do the Herbert backdoor, I'm fine with that. Let's do a Herbert backdoor. I, I just believe a lot in the Herbert backdoor this week. <laughs> I want, I want a piece of that Herbert backdoor, Pete. All right. So we have, we have Herbert and Pitts in the same game, a Jones, a Monroe mini, a one-off digs. And so, I mean, if Herbert's getting there, we we probably need two players, right? I mean, but are we going to be sacrificing too much? Well, we're only going to be able to get one here. Palmer already went. But then I, I think you got to take Everett. I, I think you have to double tight end it. I think he's gone too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Why are we backdooring? Because we're going to take DeAndre Carter, who doesn't oh get drafted. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Would you rather have Michael Bandy, you Pats lover? No, I, I'd rather not do a Justin Herbert stack when his two best players aren't playing and the other three best players are already off the board. <laughs> I guess I just think that Herbert will throw it to anybody who's on the field and I'm willing to take whatever parts of Herbert I can get. So like I would prefer Honestly, Palmer and Everett, but like you it, can get there with Carter. This is what I will say. As much as it this disgusts me, it will be unique, which is what you could put on our DFS tombstones. At least it was unique. <laughs> there we go. So plan underdog with us. Use that promo code splash to double your deposit up to 100 bucks. You can see the final team here. Justin Herbert, Aaron Jones, Stefan Diggs, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Carter, Kyle Pitts. And there we go. So Pete, if I win this one, you know, we're splitting it halfway. That's very nice of you, Spags. Uh, I'll Venmo you 250 after the show. All right, let me pull up the ride or die picks here because it is about that time. And Pete, if you want to uh, give the people the explainer on ride or die picks, which I actually, you know, let me share it because it'll make you more enthusiastic to give the explainer. If I pull up what happened last week. What happened last week, Spags? A little something we call a Pete win. You can see it on the screen. Ooh, week eight, Pete wins baby. this one. On the year, you're now down three overall, uh, 23 points in total. Okay, let me. I want to. I want to see the exact scoreboard. I want to see what we got right last week. All right, here we go. Pete got right. Travis Etienne, the showdown winning captain, the thing that we debated <laughs> on the show that Pete got first right to that ended up being the move. You also got Josh Jacobs under 10 DK yes. points, nailed that. And then you got uh, AJ Brown, the Millie Maker. So those are your three. Uh, right? No, it, Derrick Henry over 32, right? No. Uh, oh, she, oh, wait. That's AJ Brown didn't make the winning Millie Maker lineup. Wait a second. Is this an accounting error? No, I don't think oh, so. Will, I guess Willis he says because of the said, no, he didn't make man. it because it was a uh, Garrett Wilson. Oh right, yeah, it ended up being. I don't think any of the expensive wide receivers got in there, right? Yeah, Willis saying shame you didn't hit oh. that AJB in the millie. I think they got. There was a two a double stack that won the millie, I believe. I thought it was a two a naked or something, um, or maybe it was just no bring back. Um, okay, all right. And what did you get? And then I got right PJ Walker and DJ Moore combining for 40 plus points and Tony Pollard smashing. Again, I said, don't fade the chalk. Don't listen to the people out there that tell you not to play chalk. You play Tony Pollard, you go to the pay window. Here's the thing. I, I played Tony Pollard. I very much enjoyed those points, but his usage was not 
what we wanted. He played like 50% of the snaps. He did what we knew he could do, which is rip off big plays. But like, there's lots of ways that goes wrong on that workload. If it isn't against, you know, a bottom two rush defense. I would agree. You know, one thing that I, that again, hate, I will give a shout to the underdog guys again here. I've really been enjoying their content underdog and ETR. I've been watching a lot to just get my mind right to talk for an hour on the solo streams, which shout out to Jason. You're saying shout out Spag solo streams, honestly, giving out helpful and valuable tips. I appreciate that a bunch. Jason's been a winner. So, you know, he's right. Um, but they talk a lot about like how, you know, uh, Tony Pollard, basically like if he didn't break 60 yard touchdowns, he would have had more touches, which I think is about right. But I would agree that Malik Davis having any sort of role feels like bullshit. Like that should have been a Tony Pollard 20 yard or 20 touch, like 200 yard day. And they just kind of deprived him of that for no reason. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. It's always, and you never want to do the thing where it's like, Oh, if you take away a 60 yard TD run, he actually only averaged 1.6 yards per carry. It's like, well, no fucking shit. <laughs> like that, that, that's baked into, to it. So yeah, I, none of us have any uh, questions about Tony Pollard's uh, talent, but I do think it's interesting just how the team clearly from Jerry Jones comments, um, they just don't view him as a bell cow back. They're like never going to give him 20 plus touches. It's just not what yeah, they want to which, do. Which honestly, like given what we've seen with DeAndre Swift, like maybe they're right. Like, I don't know that I ever want to trust Jerry Jones's player evals about anything, but uh guy's a little bit smaller. And I think Swift is actually bigger than Pollard, but he gets that workload. He can't stay healthy. Like not every guy is composed the same way, but I think there could be some logic, even if it does hurt. Either way though, ride or die picks Pete. Of course, we give our hot takes here. That's why you see hot takes on the thumbnail. And of course, Pete, it is a game of one, three, and 10 pointers that you can explain to the people so they can play along at home. Yep. Uh, Spags and I go game by game. We can throw out basically any wager. It could be fantasy points related, betting, over under spreads. And then based on how aggressive it is, we'll determine how many points you get. Uh, we haven't done a one pointer, I feel like, in forever, but that's something with about a 50% chance of hitting. A three pointer would be something around a 33% chance of hitting, say, a lesser projected teammate outscoring their higher projected teammate. And then the 10 pointer, that's where we bred our or butter our bread we shoot from deep uh buckets half court shots this is the hail marys the millie maker plays the uh highly projected guy going way under his projection all of that good stuff and then of course the song and the dance the true magic of this show structure is spags and i negotiating the pick some people say we've gotten a little too soft on each other you got to give action to get action spags that's what i always say I think we've just gotten smarter with the bets overall. That would be my contention. And we're going to find that out in this first game here with Buffalo 28.8 implied points. The Jets 17.3 implied points. Pete, I usually let you go first because I'm a gentleman and I care about you, but not today. Gabe Davis beats out Stefan Diggs uh, single-handedly, I think would be a 10 pointer because stochastic has it as a 12.3 projection and Diggs is a 22.6. Sorry. What are you saying? You want Davis a 10 beats pointer? out Diggs. That's not a 10 pointer. Both it's a 10 point discrepancy in projection. No, I see I see uh 13.2 and 21.1. So that's not even a classic 10 pointer. Um, so that's that's ETR. Yes. Okay, so so then Davis plus two. Fine. I would take that. I I think we, I think it's time to tighten the screws on this. <laughs> No, we're halfway through the year. Tell, how about this, Spags? I want your honest percentage. You're, you're launching a probability company. Tell me what percentage of the time does Gabe Davis outscore Steph Dix? What percentage of the time? I mean, based on the projections, I'd assume never. You know, Spag, that's not how probability works. If you're going to sell people on this probability company, you better be able to explain range of outcomes and how probability actually works. 
So I suppose if I were to do some content for probably, of course, probablyapp.com, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com, a place you can get on the wait list. You can see some of the stuff, some screenshots going to be emailed out tomorrow from our, our UX development. Either way, I would say it's maybe like a 40% chance, I guess. 40%? Okay. So then yeah. that's, we literally said that that would be a three-pointer. I just don't know what to make the bet then because we've been doing 10-point spreads the entire time. All in the, the way Gabe Davis hits, right? It's like it when he does hit, he's just outscoring him by a lot. I'll give you he needs to outscore him by five. Four and a half? Five. <laughs> five flat? A, okay, fine. Five flat. Gabe, okay, fine. Gabe Davis outscores Stefan Diggs by five for a 10 pointer. I will take it. What do you want in this game, Pete, of AFC East arch rivals? Um, how about this? Can I get a 10-pointer if the Bills outscore Zach Wilson? Bills defense outscores Zach Wilson. Um, see, now I feel like I'm getting fleeced here, but I'll, I'll allow it. It just feels hurtful. Why does it feel hurtful? <laughs> Talk <laughs> it, it out. This feels like I'm getting squeezed, and I'm giving you the same plays that we've gotten the entire time. I mean, if you if you want to talk it out with math, like why? What? Tell me why. Well, here's the thing. The Jets have a low total. Buffalo, high total. Buffalo, aggressive defense. Zach Wilson, incompetent. Too busy with Mills. Math. No. All right. I'll take my 10-pointer. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Smacks, I forgot to wind and dine before heading for the back door, I suppose. That's <laughs> Mathology, always with the sage wisdom. Mathology also finished first in one of the tournaments on Monday, too. All I the great that. minds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mathology on the, uh, the double D slate. Green Bay, 26.8 implied points. Detroit, 23.3 implied points. Pete, what do you want in this game where people will apparently be playing a lot of Aaron Jones? Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones going to be popular here. I think rightfully rightfully so. Um, is this the game? You know what? I'm going to do a cheeky. I'm going to do a cheeky three-pointer. Amon Ross St. Brown outscores Aaron Jones. Okay, that is a cheeky one, and I will give you that three points. No debate on three points. I only go for 10-pointers, though, Pete. I will say Alan Lazard outscores Aaron Jones. Is that a 10-pointer? I see a six-point different in projection. What do you see? I see eight and change. <laughs> I, are you – because I there, there's one part about this game, Spags. It's like if you ask a police officer if he's a police officer, he, he needs to tell you. We're allowed to ask what you see on the projection. You can't lie on it. So tell me what your projection difference is. I have six on my Lazard and Aaron Jones. I see with the stochastic data, 20.5 for Aaron Jones and 12.2 for Alan Lazard. So 8.3 right, difference. All right. Outscores him. Lazard outscores Aaron Jones by two. Okay. I accept that. Thank you. Thank you for not fleecing me on this one too. <laughs> No, I mean, okay. Spags, there's there's rules of the game here. They're unwritten rules, but we abide by them. Just have some decorum. But the Gabe Davis one got thrown out the window. Well, it wasn't, first of all. Uh, that was a unique situation. <laughs> Son of a... The chat is right. I'm getting pounded. It's fine. It's fine. I'm still going to win. It doesn't matter. It's, I won enough this year. I could peek and have this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is the Las saddest Vegas. side. This is like Michael Scott's world's best boss mug. I mean, my God.
24.5 implied points for the Raiders, 23 implied points for Jacksonville. Again, a quarter of the field rejected to be on Josh Jacobs and Travis ATN individually, which is a thing you should not do. Do not play them together. That is a bad correlation, even if it does pan out. Pete, what do you want, though? Everyone's given up on him. Everyone's written him off. No one's going to pay 8100 for him. This is where Devontae Adams pops up in the winning Millie Maker lineup as leverage on the Josh Jacobs chalk. Okay, what about either, because there are some questionable statuses in the air, Darren Waller or Foster Moreau outscores Devontae Adams straight up? Hmm. Um, no. It's a 10-point discrepancy. So, yeah, yeah. 18.1 for Adams and uh, just under 8 for Darren Waller. ETR has Foster Moreau uh, 12.7, Devontae Adams 18.7, and you're getting two shots at it. They have Foster Moreau at 12, but what is Leone doing over there? <laughs> Projecting Darren Waller to be out. What's he smoking? What's, what's you, he getting here's the your thing. Mafia tailgates? You can say uh, it has to be... And Devontae Adams hasn't been good this year. So the, the, the math is you can say whoever starts at tight end, you don't get both. If Darren Waller mm -hmm. is active, you get him. If not, okay. you get Foster Moreau. Outscores Devontae Adams by four points. That's by the letter of the law. How about by three and a half? I'm due. I need a win here, Pete. Give me this three and a half. I'll give you the three and a half just to just to get you back in the negotiating win column. Thank you. FF Doom saying I'm skewing the data. I'm just looking at stochastic projections. Again, I've said they're the most reliable median projection I know. I also don't pay for ETR. So that's <laughs> that would, you know, maybe give me a different frame of reference, but I only know what I see, and I see it being a 10-point difference between Waller and Devontae Adams. Um, Carolina, 17.8 implied points. Cincinnati, seven-point favorite at home, 24.8 implied points. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go first again because I honestly don't know what the move is in this game. Um, Yeah, let's see what we are going to do with this game. Chuba Hubbard, might sounds like he might be back uh, mm. for this one. You know what? I'm just feeling a little small ball, a little small ball here. Tyler Boyd outscores DJ Moore for three points. Okay, um, so I'm seeing a projection difference here. Tyler Boyd, 15.7. TJ Moore, 15.6. All right, I see 15.1 to 13.9. So if I'm not going to get uh, that projection, then we'll have to we'll have to go elsewhere. Let's do. Um, T Higgins is going to be very popular, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, not how very. Many, uh, how many Catholic points does? Okay. What do you what what projection do you have for T. Higgins relative to Tyler Boyd? I want a Tyler Boyd outscores T. Higgins 10 pointer. Stochastic has Higgins 19.3, Tyler Boyd 15.7. So you give me what outscores him by I need him by my projection, I need him to outscore by five for a 10 pointer. Five and a half. Fine. Okay, done. All right. I will go. I think people are gonna be off DJ Moore, and I don't know that they should be. In this matchup, um, DJ Moore. So I'm seeing him for a 15.6 projection. I think he scores 26 fantasy points. You're going over 26? Yes. Um, yeah, I'll allow that. Okay, good. I will gladly walk away with this. Mike's saying this game is going to be the end of a happy marriage. I, Mike has apparently not watched all the ride or dies, but this has actually gotten much less contentious and much, <laughs> much more rewarding and fulfilling. Who said anything about happy around here? My God. <laughs> oh, Pete, we're having a baby. <laughs> it's Pete. 
Chargers, 26.3 implied points. Atlanta, 23.3 implied points. I'm going to go first in this one. Chargers onslaught. Uh, I, I fuck. I, I there's no point doing an onslaught in the Millie Maker, but three Chargers make the Millie Maker winning lineup. Three Chargers make the winning Millie Maker lineup. Yeah. I'll allow that okay. uh, for sure. Uh, I will do an emotional hedge. Donald Parham outscores Kyle Pitts for ten points. Okay, that's <laughs> that's crippling, but yeah, sure, I'll give it to you. It feels you very to. like very possible. Not not a crazy one at all. <laughs> I know. Indianapolis, 17.5 implied points for Sam Ellinger. Once again, uh, Jonathan Taylor assumed to be in this game uh, with stochastic projections currently. New England, 23 implied points. Pete, what do you want in this potentially ugly one between the Colts and the uh, Patriots? Yeah, this game feels very gross. Um, I feel like Tyquan Thornton is kind of my, our generation's Darius Slayton on this show where I just kind of like want to martingale the shit out of him uh, every single week. <laughs> Let's just let's just put our nuts on the table. Tyquan Thornton, 10 pointer outscores Ramondre Stevenson. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, that feels like a 10 pointer. What if what if Kendrick Bourne were to outscore Tyquan Thornton? Is that a 10 pointer? No. Well, you loved Thornton so much. That's not how this works. Kendrick Bourne, 5.6 projection. Uh Tyquan Thornton, 7.9. That's a three. I'll give you a three pointer if you want that. I don't like three pointers, Pete. How much does he have to outscore him by to get the 10? By eight. Okay, fine. Kendrick Bourne by eight over Tyquan Thornton. So stupid. <laughs> it's it's not a good bet, but it's one, it's a spiteful one, which makes it good. Miami, 25 implied points. Chicago, 20.5 implied points. Uh, Pete, what do you want? You just I just need to know, are you gonna do something with Chase Claypool? Potentially. It's on the table. You I, I really want to leverage your bullishness on Chase Claypool right out of the gate here. Um, it's, a, it's a nice run game matchup too. So maybe Mostert, maybe Mostert fights off Jeff Wilson. I don't know. Let's see here. Can I get... All right. 10-pointer. Tyreek Hill scores 10 more points than both Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool combined. Combined. So not okay. only are, not only are you getting both players, but you're getting a ten point spread. Okay, no, I think that's fair. I think because it's both guys, I'll give it to you. If it were just one of them, that wouldn't have been enough. Exactly. Okay, I will say, uh, Raheem Mostert, highest scoring player in the game. That's got to be ten points. It, don't, leading the witness here, highest scoring player in the game. Okay. I'll give that to you because the spread to Tyreek Hill is about 10 points, but I also get two outs. I get Fields outs, Waddle. You get Jeff Wilson out. Yeah. I mean, stop. <laughs> He's, he he could take enough snaps away. Like, Mostert probably is most successful as a 50-50 split guy. I think that's, yeah, whatever. But I think this is the week that he has a good game after everybody's so disappointed last week. That's how DFS works, guys. Minnesota, 23 implied points. Washington, 20 implied points. Pete, how does DFS work in this game? What do you want? Um, let's see here. What do we want in this game? I'm liking uh, Dalvin Cook as a tournament play these mm. days. Let's just do that. Let's just say Dalvin Cook in the winning Millie Maker lineup finally gets loose for a big game and doesn't get vultured by Madison. All right. I don't know that I. I don't know that I believe in this enough. How, Justin Jefferson, I'm seeing it as a 20.7 projection. Dalvin Cook, I'm seeing as a 14.9. Um, 
So then Jefferson outscores Cook by 15 fantasy points. Is that a 10-pointer? Jefferson outscores Cook by 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you 10 for that. Okay. I guess it's not a Dalvin Cook spot, but we'll find out. Seattle, 23.8 implied points. Arizona, 25.8 implied points. I guess I'm due to go first for one, so you can figure out what you want to leverage against. Um, ooh, I don't like this game very much. Why? Um, I, I just, well, A, because these teams saw each other once already. It was kind of a tight game that wasn't as good as, as it could have been. I think people, the logical thing to do is to play this one like it'll be the shootout people wanted the first time, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, DeAndre Hopkins winning Millie Maker lineup, I will put in. I just want to do a quick Frankie check in. Frank, are you still on the elliptical? <laughs> How are we doing here? You know, I know we're kind of winding things down, but I just wanted to check in. Uh, I know I could make my pick right now really quickly and we could move on, but I care about you, Frankie. Uh, just wondering how you're doing out there, buddy. Frankie's like George Jetson, just rolling around the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting flattened out. Um, How many, how many points does Eno Benjamin need to outscore Kenneth Walker by? And I'm, I'm doing that. It sounds like, you know, James Connor, Connor's been limited. Sounds like uh, he's going to play. Is it Eno Benjamin outscores? Kenneth Walker straight up. Is that a 10 pointer by two by two? All right. I'll take that. Eno over Kenneth Walker by two, regardless of James Connor's status. <laughs> Frankie's got 10 minutes left here. The toasted raviolis are being sweated out as we speak. Uh, but okay. Uh, I think by two to me feels about right. And boy, that's a sucker bet. If we ever seen one, <laughs> why, you know, with James Connor back and Darrell Williams in there and Keontae Ingram still being worked in. With, hang on, say say those names again. You know, with James Conner in, Darrell Williams in, and Keontae Ingram. This guy, you, you call yourself a fantasy analyst and you don't know that Darrell Williams was placed on IR? Was he? Oh, I missed that. Oh, that, <laughs> that actually makes me sad. <laughs> Why is he on IR? Fucking Darrell Williams. They'll take old running backs. That's the lesson again <laughs> every year. Rams, 19.8 implied points. Tampa, 22.8 implied points. Pete, I will let you go first because I don't think you're going to take what I want in this game. Um, I will say Mike Evans winning Millie maker lineup. This guy has been feasting on unrealized air yards. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. Cause I think people are going to go like, Oh, I can't play him. Jalen Ramsey's going to shut him down. I think it goes for like a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Why, why did you think I wouldn't pick Mike Evans? Because you think, do I strike you as someone who cares about cornerback matchups? I just didn't think you would think Mike Evans. Like I, I just don't think you're a Mike Evans guy. I am a Mike Evans guy. I, I liked Mike Evans before you even born spags. Like where's this take coming from? So first of all, I'm older than you. Second of all, Mike Evans, I think would have not even been a glimmer in baby Pete's eye. Even if you were older than me, that's just impossible is what that is. This message brought to you by Peter Overzet. My co-host on splash play tries to pretend like he's liked Mike Evans forever, but some of us were drafting him in the first round of rookie dynasty drafts back in 2014, even over the presumptive number one pick, Sammy Watkins. This message paid to you by big takedown spags. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad glad people are putting money behind this finally to take me down. All right. So. Yeah, me and Rihanna, actually, she was my big uh, seated. She got canceled on Twitter by somebody. I forget. Oh, because of Johnny Depp. Yeah, so good. Suck it, Rihanna. We're, we're even. We're even now. Yeah, I would um, just, someone clip suck it, Rihanna, get that circulating so we can re-cancel spags uh mike evans uh goes for 200 receiving yards is that a 10 pointer so you're literally trying to do yes I, i'll give you the 10 pointer but i can't believe you who always wants to leverage my picks you just fully capitulating have some creativity 
I had to capitulate about Geno Smith this week on a stream. I'm capitulating about a lot of things. I just think you got to own up to it. But that's the kind of magnanimous attitude you get when you have, you know, these 20K binks. <laughs> Stop it. Tennessee, wait till I win the Millie Maker on DraftKings, like for best ball or for in season. And it's going to be, ooh. You're going to have to find a new co host if you win a million. <laughs> I just won't be able to take it for an entire off season. Well, here's the thing, Pete, you'll come on and you'll be like, ah, oh, time to sit at the learning tree and pick up. Let's talk about your blocks bags for the As someone who's observed uh, Liam's uh, YouTube rise to fame. I, I don't even know how much it would do for you uh, from a content standpoint. <laughs> I, love I mean, Liam. I'm a Liam. I think we <laughs> In a variety of ways. Tennessee, I don't have the million million dollars. Tennessee, 16.3 implied points. Kansas City, 28.8 implied points for the Sunday night football game. Our last one here for our ride or dive picks. Pete, what do you want as your showdown winning captain? Can I can I propose a very sick one that is a little uh deviation from the normal showdown captain? But considering how fucking buried Sky Moore is, he's getting dropped everywhere. If Sky Moore is in the optimal winning Millie Maker lineup. Will you give me that 10 pointer? Is he 200 bucks? I honestly don't know. Okay. They run this. I'm not cheating at all because run the Sims doesn't even have this game up yet for me to do my little uh, quick look ahead here. So I, I am just raw dogging this. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I guess I don't, okay. I don't think this guy more is going to play. Exactly. That's why, that's why I want it. That's why I want it as a 10 pointer. And okay. I actually think no, he is. Right. Um, I will say MVS showdown winning captain. I'll go to a classic pick for us. I think this is a very good deep ball matchup that Tennessee's gotten lucky going at teams that can't throw deep balls the last few weeks. Kansas City will do it and will do it a lot. So I think this one, 5-1 Chiefs uh, onslaught builds for showdown beat. All right, MVS it is. That should be, uh, do we know, is Tannehill's looking like he's not going to play, right? I would think with the total here. I mean, 16.3 is pretty low if you're expecting Tannehill to go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, there it is. All right, guys. So make sure you're following at Chris Spags, follow at Peter Rivers at follow at Splash Play Pod to know whenever we go live. If you're just watching mine and Pete's shows, I don't feel any offense to that, but you should hang out with me Mondays and Thursdays to do the showdown shows. Wednesdays, we're doing NBA on here. The Splash Play channel is thriving. So subscribe, like, and comment down below. But Pete, you're heading over to Sirius XM right now. Sadly for Frankie, he can't keep doing cardio, but you're going to do a great show over there. So give the people all the plugs for what you got coming up. Frankie's so lucky that I need to go change my laundry before I start this two hour radio block. Otherwise I would just vamp the shit out of this moment right now. Scott, He's get back on from the elliptical right now. Frankie, you better still be pumping those legs of yours, buddy. All right. If you're multitasking with this sky, hate. Oh, sky's 400. Who would have known? Yep. Um, uh, what are my plugs? Yeah, just my usual Friday uh, serious. Then we got JM to win at 2 p.m. talking through the week nine DFS slate. And then I'll be, uh, then I'm going to get a tetanus shot, uh, a, t a TDAP uh, here. Oh, yeah, you uh, got to get that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get that for the baby. And then I'm going to hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord with the Badge Bros if anyone wants to hang out later this afternoon. Yeah, so go check out Pete's show with James Wynn, another great show. Pete doing fantastic shows with all the DFS pros like me, like Brick, like JM <laughs> Twin. <laughs> guys who are out there. So go check that out later today. And then I'll be back on Monday, guys, to come out for that one. But good luck. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you guys soon. Mm -hmm.